0: Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.
1: Hey, uh, we're just uh, so glad to be with you. And uh, it's been a crazy week. And I really, honestly, when we started thinking about talking about a kingdom of above all kingdoms, uh, we really did want to be sure that in this election cycle, in this season, when the issues of our nation and politics Mm -hmm. come into sharp focus, that we do really remember that, uh, you know, so many kingdoms have come and gone in the course of time, and uh, we're not a part of uh, a, a temporary kingdom. We belong to deep time and deep truth, and we belong to the kingdom of God that is eternal and, and I think the thing that I want most of all to say to you this morning is it's a kingdom of great optimism. It's a kingdom of great hope, and it's a kingdom of great peace. Mm. Uh, it's not a kingdom of fear. It's not a kingdom that somehow the whole world is going to be hijacked and God's going to be cut out of the process. And, uh, and I just think that reality, in fact, I spoke about it at, um, at Fireside on Wednesday yeah. night, but, but that, that, uh, Jeremiah passage twenty nine eighteen. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Those words are spoken to a group of people, uh, whose lives and world have fallen apart. Their kingdom has fallen apart. Israel has been taken captive into Babylon And everybody is saying, you know, God's going to have to fix all of this and deliver us. And God says, it's not broken. I'm in it. Go ahead and plant your gardens and give your children in marriage and get on with your life. And stop, you know, believing that X, Y, and Z need to happen before God becomes active again. God is active right now. In fact, I know the plans I have for you. Hmm. plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. So we're, we're thinking about that and celebrating around that. And I, I told you, when we're doing this work, we, you know, one or the other of us is taking the lead on developing, you know, and so uh, uh, this is Colton's day. So Colton's going to kind of share from his heart, and then we're going to talk a little bit. And so kick us off.
0: All right. Um, this is part three of Above All Kingdoms. And this morning, we're going to be talking about a kingdom of inverted values. And so, Dave, we've been talking about how there's a clear biblical vision of hope, joy, optimism, and completeness of the kingdom of God. Yeah. And it's a kingdom that's above all kingdoms, right? It's a kingdom that we don't necessarily look around for, but we look up to. Yeah. And, and we see some scriptures. I want to read some scrip- scriptures real quick about how we see what this kingdom is all about. And John talks about it in Revelation 21, 3 through 5. He says this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older. Old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So it's this new kingdom. And then Jesus invites us to serve in that kingdom in Luke 12. He says, but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. And then Paul continues with this, what is this kingdom? And he talks about it in Philippians 3, about our citizenship being in this kingdom. He says in Philippians 3.20, but our cis- citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're, we're given, Dave, this, this kingdom that is unlike anything other. It's not earthly. It's something greater. And, and we are so many times like the Pharisees where we think this kingdom is earthly. It's just going to be like another kingdom that's come and gone. No. Scripture is clear. And, and Jesus talks about it in Luke 17. He says, Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And then he later tells Pilate in John eighteen thirty six to 37 my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. So this kingdom is not earthly. And we're, we see that all through the different apostles teaching about it. And, and we're talking about a kingdom of inverted values. And so Dave, take it away from there. man. All right. So when I, and when I think about that whole issue of the kingdom
1: thing, you know, Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way, plead. Let, let it be the cry of your heart, your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done. And, and I, just, I just think for us uh, to be focused in that reality of this kingdom to which we belong, in which God continues to work all things together for good, uh, whether you're celebrating this week in the election cycle, or you're mourning this week, or you're scared, or you're whatever is going on inside of us having to do with the politics of our country, uh, you and I are here to pray for something so much bigger hmm. and deeper. And to, and to not only pray it, but to live it. Yeah. To, to, to plead the kingdom to come and to live out its values and to be the kingdom of God alive on earth. And so I think we, God forbid that we would allow our politics to keep us from being the kingdom of God alive on earth. So I I want to talk to you about the fact that uh, we love a good dichotomy as a culture. Uh, We like to think of things in those sort of uh, simplistic terms. And so I think this week we're kicking around this idea, winners and losers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a dichotomy. We have the winners and we have the losers. And, uh, and that we like that simplistic way of thinking in our culture. It kind of helps us. Uh, dictionary.com defines a dichotomy as this. Division into two mutually exclusive, opposed, and contradictory groups. Doesn't that, doesn't that describe our politics? Doesn't that describe our culture? Uh, a division into two mutually exclusive, opposed, or contradictory hmm. groups. And I think as we've moved our way through this week, we've thought a lot about winners and losers and what that looks like. Uh, but that's just two of the dichotomies that we've been trafficking in as a culture and as individuals, uh, not only winners and losers, but how about this, right and wrong, and, and wise and foolish, and good and evil, and strength and weakness. We, we like to think in these simplistic terms. It, 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 it helps us a, as if the complexity of life could be contained in such things, hmm. Uh, as, as if the complexity of our politics could really be reduced to such a simple idea of right and wrong or good and evil or winners and losers. Because the truth is, there are people in our world that are involved in all the sides of these arguments. And this really yeah. distresses me. How is it that we can take one side of a dichotomy? And I'm guessing we are. I'm guessing you right now, this week, right on this Sunday morning, are feeling like either a winner or a loser. Uh, and according to, you know, what we've watched this week, that's about half of the country. We, this country is divided very sharply mm-hmm. down the middle. And then, then this is what I get weird about. <laughs> so all of us know people who are on the other end of that dichotomy. Yeah. So if you think you're a winner, you know people who are feeling like loser. And if you're a loser, you know people who are feeling like winner. And, and oftentimes, there are people we respect and love and care about. Maybe they're a part of our own families. And it never slows us down to stop and to go, hey, there are some people I really love and respect who are on the other end of this perspective. Maybe this dichotomy is not a good way to look at it. Maybe I shouldn't think of myself as the winner and my side of the dichotomy is right and yours is wrong. And and this is what's happening in our culture. My side is right and your side is just unenlightened. If you Mm. were informed as well as me, if you were as smart as me, if you had the same experience as me, if you had the same perspective as me, listen, this dichotomy idea is not a kingdom idea. The kingdom idea is that we are in this together of all of our different perspectives and how they fit together together. And that somehow you and I have to understand that this is a very complex world in which we live. And there's a lot of things, you know, that we ought to address. Here's a better question. Why is no one leading in such a way as to pull the diversity of our culture together? Why is no one standing up and and speaking to us and leading us as a people in a way in which we could all go, this isn't about winners and losers, it's not about right or wrong, it's not about good or evil, it's about the greater good, it's about how do we serve humanity, it's about what are this vision and ideals. And so sometimes I think when we try to associate government with the kingdom of God, we run into trouble because Mm. the kingdom of God is the place where we love people. And we embrace the diversity where we where we don't think in these terms of winners and losers and good and bad. And, you you know, we think in terms of the kingdom of God, those of us who have been saved by grace and those of us who need to be saved by grace. But all of us, the subjects of a loving father who who loves all of us equally and 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 offers grace to all of us equally. Where's the grace Hmm. in our politics? Where's the grace in what we're living through right now? And as you think about that, and we think about how we get so caught up in this dichotomy kind of thinking, listen to what uh, Paul writes in, to, to a Roman world that's built a lot like ours. Hmm. Listen to what he writes, 1 Corinthians 1.25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness, I just want you to take a minute, because <laughs> if you don't get anything else today... You probably need to take this and you need to read this to your television. You need to read this to your media outlet. You need, to, you need to speak this over your children and home and family and friendships. The foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters... Think of what you were were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And he chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. To nullify the things that are. So that no one could boast in Mm -hmm. him. And while that's running through your head... Think about Paul's words in Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brother and sister, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That's your true and proper worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect and pleasing will. And so we're crying out this week for his kingdom to come it is a kingdom of inverted values and luke tells this amazing story uh and i think uh, we're going to jump into that story and think about it
0: that's great dave so thinking about this dichotomy thinking about this dichotomy we have to think about um this text in the context fixing my mic there got it um So we're thinking about this text, and let me give a little context to this Luke 16 passage. And so Jesus launches his kingdom mission in Luke 4 in Nazareth. Um, He reads from the scroll of Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor and freedom of the prisoners, new sight to the blind, and freedom for the oppressed. So he immediately dives into this kingdom that I'm bringing is different. It's about the outsiders, it's about the oppressed, it's about the poor. And after this announcement, Jesus begins to heal people, do all these amazing things, and then he brings people in. He brings the tax collector in. He forgives an adulterous woman. All these different situations where people are so surprised at this kingdom that he's bringing. And so he's continuing on this road. The disciples and him are traveling light, and the Pharisees are kind of hanging there um, listening. And so right before our text for this morning, we are given this parable of the manager. And Dave, this was an interesting one. It's about money. And this is where we get the kind of the text that says you can't serve two masters, both God and money. And so that's the text right before where we are for this morning. So thinking about money and stuff. And Jesus takes it a step further with this Luke 16 passage. And this is the rich man of Lazarus in our passage for um, this morning. Let's check it out. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. so that, chose, that those excuse me, who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will be uh, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. <laughs> kind of a crazy story. Yeah. And so we have this rich man, and he's in luxury, and he's behind some gates. And then we're given the name of this beggar, Lazarus, who has sores, and he out, he's outside the gates. And Lazarus passes, and then the rich man dies. And then there's this crazy scene, Dave, of, of like heaven and hell Lazarus is with Abraham and the rich man is in torment in Hades and he wants just a, a, a cool dip of water on his tongue and Abraham's like, no, you had good things in life and Lazarus has bad things. So, so thinking about dichotomy and those things, Dave, we're going to jump into some points and dive into this text a little bit. And the first point that I want us all to look at is inverted boundaries, and so we look at this text and right away we see some boundaries. The rich man has boundaries. He has these gates that keep him from the outsiders, the poor, from Lazarus. Yeah. And right away I just kind of want to look at that and ask ourselves, do we have boundaries? Do we set boundaries that keep us from people? Yeah. I uh-huh. think the whole
1: context here of, of what's going on in Luke and, and those early pieces of Luke who, who is setting up sort of the whole... Uh, uh, theological construct, you know the birth of Jesus, his lineage, you know where he comes from, his messianic credentials, his mission, his purpose. Uh, you know that reading from the synagogue in chapter four, mm-hmm. you know from Isaiah, I've come to bind up the wounded and to heal the broken heart and preach to the poor, give sight to the blind, and he rolls up the scroll and says, "In your hearing, this this scripture is fulfilled." That's who I am. That's what I'm about. That's what the value of the kingdom is. And then, as we leave that introductory piece. We enter into this middle section of Luke in which they're traveling. And so, right. you know, you, you referred to it earlier. They're on the road. And, and so Luke does this thing where he says, over against all of these structures, over against the, the Pharisees, over against all of the power structures, all of religious, the temple, you know, all of these, the wealth of Jerusalem, all of that, over against that. We're just pilgrims on the road.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're just traveling through and we're traveling light. Right. And so in this middle section, Luke is highlighting, you know, this, this strong, institutional, foundational, powerful political structures that are considered and thought to be this permanent part and the real value of the world. Jesus is traveling light with his disciples and they're wandering around and he's teaching them on the way. And this is one of the teachings on the way is this story Of how what looks to be the most valuable thing in life this this place that Mm -hmm. is secure and safe and there's wealth and there's protection in fact the language and you know we were talking about it earlier this week you know it literally says that Lazarus is thrown up against the gate Mm -hmm. and he's so helpless that even when the dogs come uh, he can't fight them off he can't defend himself he's that far down And so, uh, you know, I think it is a good question to to ask ourselves, what boundaries do you use to shield yourself from the needs of others? Hmm. I think we have kind of an inherent way of doing that. Absolutely. Um, I think for older people, maybe some of the ways we uh, tend to isolate ourselves is uh, we stop challenging ourselves to meet and know people who are very different from us.
2: Hmm.
1: We're not exposed to that generally. You know uh, we would have to seek it. it would have to be on purpose uh, because we form our little social groups we go you know we've been working a long time, we've been in the same environments a long time, uh, and so uh, you know one of the barriers I think we we have a tendency to build as we get older is we just insulate ourselves into a world that's pretty small and it's pretty highly defined and it's pretty safe hmm. and so I think you know those are boundaries and i I think the other thing that's, uh, you know, kind of important here in this setup is the reality that, uh, you know, the rich man isn't abusive or mean to Lazarus. He doesn't drive him away. In fact, we're told he gets the crumbs from the table. That's a reference to the fact that rich people uh, used bread to wipe their hands. Um, You know, they didn't have paper goods or napkins or Hmm. all of that. Fabric cloth is very expensive. And so a rich person would eat these lavish meals, and we're told he eats a lavish meal every day, yeah. very, very rare, which means he doesn't observe all of the protocol of fasting and the Sabbath and all hmm. of that. He's, every single day he indulges himself. But he wipes his hand on his bread when he's done and he throws that away, and that's what Lazarus receives. He's not mean to him. He doesn't keep him from getting that. He doesn't abuse him or kick him. But he just ignores him.
0: Right. Yeah. He just
1: doesn't see him. And so I think, you know, that's a
0: boundary, a boundary of getting insular, hmm. you know. So. Dave, and one thing I want to point out, too, is in, in this story, it's it's a boundary of physical, you know, the gates and such, yeah. and, and also, you know, mental and all those things. And But for us so many times, it's not necessarily physical, right? Yeah. It's more than that. It's who do we, you know, like last week we talked about, who do we pass by on the other side and right. those things like that. Um, well, and
1: the other part of that is, you know, I think very much that reality that says, I'm in the dichotomy. I mean, mm-hmm. the, my, my way of thinking in dichotomies is a barrier. I'm mm-hmm. right and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it and they don't. I'm enlightened and they're not. And man, the rhetoric I've seen flashing around social media this sure. week is just deeply that. Mm-hmm. It's deeply divisive. It's deeply countercultural to the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to put up barriers. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to live within our gates whether our gates are philosophical or physical or political, we're supposed to be people who are getting outside the gates and seeing the need that exists around us. And so yes, when we yes. talk about a kingdom of inverted yeah. values, that's, that's
0: huge, yeah. huge. And so continuing with that, Dave, this one's interesting. Number two is inverted blessings, yeah. inverted blessings. So the Pharisees would be listening to this parable um, from a place of God rewards what is good and God punishes what is bad. Yeah. And so many times throughout scripture, especially in the Old Testament, we see you choose good things, good things come, bad things happen because you did bad things, right? Yeah. And so the book of Luke, the Pharisees would be, this is kind of before this, right? But they would see Jesus doing all these things to quote unquote bad people, sure, right? Sinners. And they would be shocked. Right. How is he do, hanging out with these sinners, this tax collector? How is he going to forgive this adulterous woman? What's going on? They have chosen those lives. Yeah. And so Jesus is really rupturing that thought. And, and that one thing about the Old Testament that is crazy to me, Dave, is the, the short story of Job, right? And so a man who was good, so good, and literally had everything bad happen to him. Mm-hmm. So this good, you get good, bad, you receive bad, it's not really what's going on here. Yeah. And Jesus is changing their minds when he talks about this. He's really inverting um, what they're saying.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's, there is that assumption. And, you know, a lot of us were taught that, you know, Mm. if you, if you do the right things, then the right things will happen. You know, if you, if you love God and God loves you, you know, you won't get sick or you won't go through tragedy or you won't go through, or, you know, maybe it's not that simplistic, but it's implied. Mm. And so I think, you know, you do have this story suddenly Uh, that that says, you know, you're looking on the outside to a person who looks very successful and who looks very blessed. And you just make an assumption that that's the way to live. That's what we're after. And I think that's what's really convicting. When you Mm -hmm. talk about inverted blessing, you know, if you just said, what do I want out of life? You know, what do I really desire? Well, I do desire to be safe and secure and have wealth and and, and you know, have a great place to live, and, and again, Jesus is speaking these words while he 's saying, "Leave that there we 're traveling light right I know all those institutions are over there, but you're not that. You mm. are a pilgrim passing through. This is not your home. this is not your final destiny. You know We are strangers in this place mm. And so that reality of just emphasizing, and I think one of the big things we connect to blessing is power
2: mm.
1: and you know the, we have long believed that the greatest manifestation of God's blessing is to allow the right people to be in power. And I just think it, you know, we, I hear that rhetoric right now. I hear it on both sides of people inside the faith saying, you know, this candidate needs to win because God has to get that, you know, this is, this is good. And this is evil. And then I have an equal number of people go, no, this is good. And that is evil Hmm. at some point. Not everybody who is praying and seeking and asking for God's will and seeing things in such a dramatic difference, not all of them can be right. And, and I think part of it is that the kingdom is just not that simplistic. Hmm. That's a little right and a little wrong, and that's a little right and a little wrong. That's a little good and a little evil. That's a little good. But here's the big deal. The kingdom of God is not about power. The most explosive season in the life of the church was when it was completely disenfranchised. Hmm. And, and you could argue from church history that, that the nature and the warmth and the love and the unity of the church began to be severely impacted in a negative way when Constantine converted to Christianity. And Christianity no longer was this disenfranchised group of people who were following Jesus Christ. It became the state religion of Rome, the Roman Catholic Church. And now, you know, we think that that is the blessing. The blessing is that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth get together and we have power, but that has never been the
0: nature of the yeah. kingdom. Dave, can we get rid of that theology? You know, can we get rid of it? Here's, here's what I want to say real quick. If you have money, materials, power, God doesn't love you more. And if you don't, God doesn't love you less. Yeah. This is what we're seeing in the story. And, and wealth isn't necessarily a curse either. No. Of course. But... But I think Scripture wants us to see wealth and these kind of things as a gift, yeah,
1: or a resource to and be managed. To right? be managed, yeah, as something that's that we've been in, We're stewards. Absolutely, we're passing through. We're not taking it with us. And I think, yeah, and I, I, I you know, I say, I, I just posted this question as I had read your material. But what seems to be the most common thing you request from God, hmm. believing that if you receive it, it will fulfill your life. I think you just stop and go, what do I pray about all the time and why do I think that's the thing? Hmm. And is it a real kingdom value? Is it a real kingdom of God value or is it a kingdom of earth value? Is it about wealth? And I, and I think we, we work to improve the condition of people. We care about you know, having adequate housing and having adequate food and all of those things matter. But to elevate that and say, God loves me because, right. or this is what it's all about. Or I've become so preoccupied with attaining this that I've forgotten about the Lazarus at the gate. Hmm. You know, my 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 pursuit of blessing, physical, you know, material blessing has caused me to become disconnected from the real need because what are we here to do? Bind up the brokenhearted. Hmm. Preach freedom to the captives. Give sight to the blind. That's what we're really here for. That's what the kingdom
0: of God is. So, so good, man. All right. Number three, inverted values. So So interesting... Interesting enough, Dave, in this text, we're given the name of Lazarus, mm-hmm. the beggar, the one with the sores, and not the rich man. Yeah. And so many times throughout scripture, this is how it works, is we are given the names of these smaller characters, and, uh, you know, Pharaoh is just Pharaoh, and these different characters are just named, they're, yeah. they're not named. Right. And I think that tells us something about sure. God and who God is. He, he cares about everyone. Every single person has worth and value to him, and and are we like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yes. it kind of pushes us to that. It's do mercy and justice. God destroys the boundaries, and he values every single person, even yeah. the Lazarus. And, and some together. people
1: probably have a, a, a Bible that says dives, the rich man, and his oh, name yeah. is dives. But dives is just the word that means poor. So in the more literal translations from Greek, it just says the, poor, the, the rich man. I mean, the dives means the rich man. Rich man, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, in some other translations that might name him, that's not a proper name. It's just a descriptive name. And, you know, some of the newer translations give it just, he's the rich man. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that thing, you know, and Jesus says it, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed in the garden. It's like yeast put into 60 pounds of dough. The kingdom has a smallness about it. And I think in the face of this election cycle, we're looking at how does god how does god build these massive earthly kingdoms and invest in them i'm not sure he's highly invested in them i think mm-hmm. he's highly invested in you and i as individual you know proprietors of the kingdom who then go out and put the mustard seed in the ground yeah. and we don't do it in some theoretical the- as we talked about last week we don't do it in some theoretical way we're not loving humanity and not caring about humans in fact it is our care for humans that demonstrates our love for humanity. Hmm. And, and I, I can't buy into, you know, destroying people on social media over politics and then purporting that to be in the name of God. Right. That's just yeah. not in the name of God. To be derisive, arrogant, mean, to, to, to be basically saying, I get it and you don't. If you didn't see it the way I do, if you don't vote the way I do, if you don't think the way I do, I can't think of anything that's more counter kingdom than that. Because the reality is the kingdom is not about any of that. Jesus would go, I don't really invest in those structures. Those Mm -hmm. things are going to come and go. That's a temporary kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is within you. Go be the kingdom of God. Go live it. You know, don't love humanity, love a person. And if you love enough people, you'll love humanity. Mm -hmm. But don't discount loving this person in favor of an ideal about, you know, power and structure. That's the inverted value of the kingdom. You don't get to see it like that. You know, you don't get to be a part of something that says, we won, we won, we won, we won. No, the winning is because you loved your family well. Mm -hmm. It's because you loved your enemy, because you turned the other cheek and you went the extra mile and, you know, you saw somebody that was imprisoned and you visited and they were naked and you clothed them and they were hungry and you fed them because as you've done it under the least of these brothers and sisters of Christ, you've done it under God. Present your bodies, living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of spiritual worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. So so I think that whole idea that
0: the kingdom values are just completely upside down. That's so good, man. And just for for young people, I want us to be aware of social media, especially now, right? And You've been talking about this, Dave, and we've been talking about it. But just be aware of how you're being pushed to a side and how the kingdom is so reverse of that, upside down of that, inverted. It's so different. It says, no, I'm not on this side of that side. I'm about the kingdom.
1: Yeah, I'm going right? to be in the middle, and exactly. I'm going to love both
0: ends of this thing. Yeah, it's not about building walls. It's about drawing a circle around people. Yeah, right? And, and
1: when, I talk about, when I think about the kingdom of God and I think about people who are on one side of politics, they have a reason. It's because they've espoused these principles of the kingdom, and they like the way this side represents that. And those people that are on this side, they're like, I, I like this side because I've espoused these principles of the kingdom, and I believe this best represents it but neither of them represent the scope of the kingdom because mm. the kingdom is so much more, mm. you know? So we can't say, well, that side got it and that side didn't. No, no, that side got some things and that side got some things. But really, we live here in the middle and we pull this into the kingdom and we pull this into the kingdom and then we say, we're living a whole different kingdom right here in the middle. We love those people and we love these people, yeah. but we are living a kingdom value that neither one of them get because they're not motivated by the same thing. Mm. They're motivated by power and wealth and money and structure and... The dominance of one kingdom over another, we're motivated by humility, love, grace, mercy, uh, You know, providing uh, a cure for human suffering, yeah. uh, allowing the grace of God and relationship with God to be restored to individuals to understand their worth and value.
0: We're a whole different kingdom uh, of inverted values. It's inverted values. Yeah. So inverted boundaries. Number two, inverted blessings, inverted values. And, and hopefully this text messes with all of us with that, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: um, that's... We'll, we'll just kind of leave off with this question. What percentage of your time do you spend on yourself? And what percentage of time do you spend on others? And do you think God would be pleased with where you are in that journey? And so we're just, I just want to encourage you. Don't panic. Don't be crazy. Don't go nuts. Take a deep breath. God is drawing up a brand new plan A right now, today, for how his kingdom will come and his will is going to get done on earth as it is in heaven. And he is not the least bit surprised by what's happened. And he's not the least bit worried that somehow it's taken a hard turn that he didn't understand or anticipate. And he is, in the midst of all of it, going to work all things together for good. Hmm. And we can live in that. Let's go be the kingdom. Let's live those inverted values. You want to pray us out?
0: love to. Gracious God, thanks for this morning. Um, Thanks for this just interesting parable, the rich man and Lazarus, God. And I pray that it just messes with our idea of boundaries and blessings and and really calls us to more, calls us to to be with people and let nothing separate us from people and not get pushed to one side or the other in this dichotomy, but really just love all people and be the kingdom um, that you have called us to be. So would you go with us, God? I pray that you'd bless all the different households and everyone listening right now and that'll listen throughout the week. Would you be near to them, God? And just thanks for this, Service, we love you, Jesus, in your precious name, Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org.
1: Have a great day.